the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. back to this episode of the Youthscape podcast. My arms are stretched wide and I've spotted a little hole in my leather jacket. I'm going to resolve that after today's episode. My name is Rachel Gardner and on my right is my wonderful friend and co-host Martin Saunders. What posture are you taking up Martin? I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> we are so professional. You are so welcome and this is fun. This is super fun. Now I discovered recently Martin that how you message people says a lot about what generation oh, yeah. you are in. If So if you leave voicemail yeah. you are a boomer and if you leave voice notes you're yeah. a millennial. Yes you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have been definitely leaving more voice notes recently. Oh, you're trying, trying to be a millennial. Trying to catch up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there any truth in that? I hate voice messages. I hate voicemail. Yeah, your your voicemail actually yeah. is. A, I always found it a bit rude, if I'm honest. Because it says you, I don't. I don't you're listen. basically like, I don't listen to I these. Don't, I don't Try something it. else. It is. It is. Don't don't rely on this to get to me because it no. generally won't get through. No. So if how old do you have to be to send a letter now? Oh, I don't know. Because it's lovely, isn't it? When you get a letter, it is one of the nicest things in the world. I would say getting a like a printed letter, particularly an encouraging printed letter, not like an angry one. Yes. You do get those. You do get them. Um, But if you get an encouraging handwritten handwritten letter, it is worth a hundred emails. It is. Because you're like, oh my goodness, someone walked down to the post box and bought a stamp for about four pounds now. I know, they're ridiculous, aren't they? They've handwritten it. No, letters are beautiful. Where we live in our vicarage, so it's kind of a church-owned house and quite a few people live there. We, during the second or the third lockdown, I had delivery guy, mostly men, so delivery guys saying, can I just check, is this like, is this a squat? Like, Because we have so many, like all the time. Like, So we've, although we're not getting hand letters, all of us are much more now in the mm. vibe of kind of, of delivery stuff, aren't we? But yes, coming we back are. to the voice note then. Yes. Do you like a cheeky voice note? I've started to do it. I yeah. got fed up with my millennial friends uh, sending me voice notes and then me it's typing out with full punctuation, by the way. <laughs> Full punctuation, very important. Correct spelling. Any any spelling mistake has to be corrected with a, a follow-up message with an asterisk and the correct word. Oh, uh, yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, I got fed up with doing that yeah. and getting sent these labor, long-winded... I got one the other day from... Uh, oh, is it Jemima who works for yeah. Youthscape? She sent me... And she literally, she opened up. She was like, yeah, this is going to be a bit rambling. So I'd listen to this on two times speed. <laughs> I was like, this, is, is this really? a new thing? <laughs> a new thing is like, now, this is going to be a, a rambly voice note. Listen to it on double speed. I have a friend who always listens to my voice, voice notes on two times speed. So I recently sent a... Voice and I did it incredibly <laughs> slowly, just to really annoy her. Like she's like, "Oh, I want to listen to it faster." It's lovely oh, so much. Brilliant. But anyway, moving—is this n- going somewhere? Yeah, it is nudging along. Okay, so 
I am the queen of Twitter. I love Twitter. I love Twitter. Queen love of it. Twitter. That's no, quite a claim. Of, no, I'm not, no, no. What is I mean that is, your fans have given no, you that I, name? No, what I mean is I like Twitter. I like it. I like I like like posting little things and thoughts and links to things. It definitely is my vibe, and it is a lot. There's a lot of hate on Twitter, so I'm fully aware of that. And I have my little list of practices about how I talk on Twitter. I'm getting into Instagram, but TikTok. Honestly, I called it Nick Knock for a long time. Nick-nock. I have. No, I remember. Did you got Nick Knock on purpose, or because that was like because you're so old now? That's the sort of joke no, you'd I'm, make. I'm I remember the first time I heard about it was I was listening to a girl singing and I was told that she has like a million followers on TikTok and I was like what Nick Knock Knock so I have not ventured at all into Nick into TikTok you nearly did it again nearly did it again but two young people I work with have been bugging me for ages yeah I didn't know it was called do a TikTok can you do a TikTok with me I'm like what what do yeah. I do yeah yeah so they wanted me to dance so I did I they put the music on and I just danced I didn't realize there were set oh, things wow. you had to do yes and they put it on their accounts and I so oh, I, no. I launched onto TikTok and crashed and burned oh no on, within the same couple of minutes did you get many likes i have no i'm not even looking i'm not even checking it's oh. just so awful have you got a tiktok account no absolutely oh. not i'm terrible i just oh dear so so have you uh have you sort of ventured into the world of tiktok well i have a tiktok account Do you? uh that, that that has no followers Pure, purely so i can ju- i don't post any uh-huh. uh, but just so i can watch my teenagers oh my, my own teenagers just to be clear oh just that sounded children. creepy for a second. <laughs> Just so I can keep an eye on like what my teenage children okay. are posting themselves. I mean, is that themselves. not creepy in itself? What, my own kids? Yeah. No, I don't think it's creepy. I think there's they just... They know it's I just want... I'm saying, like, if you're going to be on this platform... Okay. I yeah, want to make sure you're safe. Loving authority. And you're posting yeah. things that are awesome. appropriate and wholesome. Yeah. And not going to get you into trouble. Right. Uh, and so that's the extent of my TikTok usage. But I have occasionally, like, looked at the For You page because mm-hmm. I don't follow anyone. And it's just madness, isn't it? It's mm. absolute madness. I, I mean, it's amazing. It's incredibly creative. There's actually so much good stuff on there, mm-hmm. like really creative people finding an outlet, but also a load of completely bonkers stuff as well. Yeah. It? So it, it does beg good questions, doesn't it, about, you know, the world spinning and changing at rapid rates and how do we retell the story of God? And, and I, I mean, there are such big gaping open wide landscapes that you know i sit here laughing about getting tiktok wrong but actually i i have a genuine sense of i don't know what it would Mm. look like at my age and stage in life to be authentically engaging in this media i I mean i don't am i supposed to venture onto it or because it's because it's social media that doesn't feel like a natural fit is it best for me to not even be there i mean is that kind of neglect because we know this is a space where young people are both receiving the best and the worst of the world so if i care about their well-being and mental health their spiritual development should i learn the tools of the trade and get there so some really big questions aren't there about what it looks like to cross that frontier now do you know what as well as us the soon to be the old people in the uh, in the room there are two others in the room today we've got producer amy who is i think a millennial I think, just about. Yeah. I certainly acts like one. And uh, <laughs> in the corner, where he's most you. comfortable, uh, assistant producer Ollie is here. Uh, you're not allowed to speak, Ollie. Um, but with a, with a show of hands, like, just do you think Rachel should... Um, really, this is for Ollie. You're, you're what? Generation you're Gen Z? Z. Yeah, you're Gen Z. So. Yeah. So, um, so do you it's think... It's very personal. Do you think Rachel should, um, should join TikTok? Oh, 100%. 100%. Why, why do you think that's a good idea? Um, it'd be fun. 
funny. It could be funny to watch. Yeah. Because cr- watching me crash and burn, be, it's a comedy element to it. That I don't would. mind. I don't mind that's a good motive, but I'm not sure that I'd even do that very well. I think it'd just be very sad. Have you seen uh, The Social Dilemma, the Netflix uh, documentary? And Don't Look Up and This Coming Storm. I mean, I'm yeah. absolutely chugging it all down right Well, look, now. that's the serious stuff, right? That's the yes. serious social commentary. Yes. Let me tell you about the best bit of social commentary I saw over the last couple of months. Uh, Ron's Gone Wrong. <gasps> I love Ron's Gone Isn't Wrong. Isn't it brilliant? I, it, I was weeping watching it because it's it felt so like the best narrative possible. Yes. And it put children's welfare at the heart of it. I was just, I was grieving. Yeah. I was grieving these, and the, the girl that she does something and, it, and yes. she realizes that everyone's watching it and she's yeah. sobbing her heart out in bed. I was just like, I defy yeah. anyone to watch that and not want to jump so in. So there's, there's a little girl and she's oh. Oh, got a social media account. It's all about social media kind yeah, of taken to the next. Yeah. ridiculous level yeah. and uh, there's this little girl and she's got uh, an inst- like a, a video account like a TikTok yes. account well, they're filmed all the time she makes they? little videos of herself yes and she's trying to get followers she gets loads of followers and then uh, in a bizarre yes. turn of events she's pooped out she's pooped out of a a robot, uh, a robot. <laughs> and, uh, and that gets filmed and she becomes hashtag poop girl yes and she suddenly gets millions and millions of views and becomes a total like figure yes. of shame and humiliation yes. around the world yes and it's really interesting because it feels a bit possible yes. that that's exact sort of thing could happen and I yes. feel like that's what Ollie is essentially rooting for when it comes to you and the TikTok <laughs> account Accept that. I don't think that is what Ollie is rooting for. Um, although, actually, you know, I'm of an age and stage where hashtag poop girl. You might accidentally happen. <laughs> you might be fine. I'm, I've made my peace with that. It's cool. Interesting about that film as well. That is a little tiny moment in a much bigger story. Mm. So it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's a great yeah. film. I do think everyone should watch it. But um, but so what? So how do we retell the story of God in these shifting landscapes? And we've got some we've got yeah. an interesting guest today who's doing something. I would, from my perspective, is really radical it's really brave but also we're thinking about in our context here how we could kind of have those conversations so i'm excited about today's episode yeah so um really amazing actually we're going to talk to a proper influencer yeah. uh today so a reverend bethany pibolt uh is a pastor in the u.s uh, and she is a bit of a tiktok phenomenon uh-huh. and i mean that like yeah. millions Genuinely, of views yeah. Uh, 400,000 followers. Um, so really making an impact from a complete standing start. The crazy thing about TikTok is you can blow yes, you up can. very, yeah. very quickly. And she did this really in response to some really harmful messages she perceived on that platform about faith and God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she tried to respond. I don't think ever expected to reach more than a handful of the young people she actually works with. Turned out the whole country was watching. Um, so this is her story. So, hey, Bethany, it would be great if you could um, start by just kind of introducing yourself a little bit and, and tell us kind of where you are in the world and and tell us about your church and your ministry. Yeah, well, I am physically located in Michigan, uh, in just north of Detroit, Michigan. Um, I have been a Michigan girl my whole life. Uh, right now is my least favorite time of the year where there's snow on the ground. Um, but this is my chance to like remember that sometimes we have seasons of our lives that we don't really like. I work at a Presbyterian PCUSA church, which is the more... Um, 
progressive liberal branch of Presbyterianism here in the States. Um, and I was ordained just over three years ago. Grew up in a much more conservative setting, um, but when I started feeling a call to ministry, um, I needed to find a, a place that would ordain women. <laughs> so I went to the PCUSA, um, or God, God gave me a job in the PCUSA, and that's how it had happened. Um, but yeah, I've been working with youth ministry the whole time, always been very called to youth ministry specifically. Um, when I was choosing my seminary, I chose a seminary, a smaller seminary here in Detroit, so that I could continue to work with youth while I was getting educated. And that really helped me just hone in on the practicalities of seminary and like, how do I take these big concepts and theologies and doctrines and get them down to something that a 13 year old can begin to grasp. Um, and then pleasantly surprised that like some of them grasp it much better than the adults were grasping it in my classes. Um, so I just, I love youth ministry. It is, is where my heart is. Um, in the last two years, I have been kind of pulled into digital ministry world, mm. which has been kind of re-up blessing of my call and seeing how that plays well with the gifts that youth ministry has fostered in me and how digital ministry can really bring out youth ministry in a new way um, has been an amazing journey the last couple of months. You just used the phrase re-up blessing of my call, which is the coolest and most American thing I've ever heard in my, my <laughs> life. I don't know what that means, but it sounds great to me. Oh, yeah, good. Well, I mean, here, I'll tell you, like, when COVID hit and, like, I was, we, most pastors around here were like, what do we do? How do we, like, and I know a lot of pastors who are leaving their calls and trying to find new things. Some of them just, like, completely leaving churches. And I think if I hadn't been thrown into digital ministry world by the Spirit that, like, I I think I might have been one of those ones that left ministry because it was just oh. so difficult um, and heartbreaking. And um, so it was just kind of God like being like, you know, let's do this other thing. It's kind of similar, but let's like, you know, I need you to keep doing this. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the re-up of my call. <laughs> and, and just tell me a little bit about the young people you're working with. So, you know, Detroit, it's a very unfamiliar place. I've never been. I'm, I'm sure most of the people listening to this in the UK uh, won't have been to Detroit. So just tell me about the kind of the, the lives, the specific challenges that might face the young people you're working with. Yeah. So my particular context is a more affluent area. Um, Birmingham has, you know, multiple private schools and um, achievement is very, very important. Um, access to food and clothes and all that isn't really a problem. But you go 30 minutes north into Pontiac and you do have that problem. You go 30 minutes south into Detroit and you do have that problem. So um, I was actually really worried when I first took this position that I was going to be working with kids who were head in the clouds. I have no idea what's going on in the world. And what I found was that this, at least this particular church community, had really fostered, you know, to those who have been blessed, much is expected. Um, and these kids have great hearts, um, even to the point where, you know, they can express like, you know, Detroit gets a lot of attention. Let's do more work in Pontiac. And it's like, wow. Like, do you even notice that there are millions of places in Detroit that have access and, and help try to help and Pontiac gets kind of left behind? Um, was really cool. They ask really cool questions. They really care about um how they can uh, fit into the story of our community. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I would say their particular like real issues that they're not maybe quite aware of is how much stress is put upon them um, to achieve and to get to college and to get into the Ivy Leagues and to just really like, you know, you are your grades, you are, you know, where your worth is really um, held. And so a lot of what I do is to affirm, you know, you could be homeless, you could be getting D's, and at least in this youth room, you will be loved just like you were last week when you were achieving your best. So yeah. um, that's kind of the kids that I'm dealing with. And I deal with, um, I'm in charge of middle school and high school, um, but we don't necessarily have a young adult. So now that I've been there for a couple of years, I also do like college things and keep in contact with our 20-year-olds and that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, and so you've uh, you've had this kind of uh, strange foray into what you, you call digital ministry over the last couple of years, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get there in a second and talk about the the a world I know nothing about. Oh, good. Um, but uh, before that, like I guess my question would be, you know, for you, what have you observed in these young people as they've been forced? to live so much of their lives digitally and to, to come out of school and to do lessons online and all those sort of things. Like what are some of the things that you've seen going on and the, the pressure you describe must only have intensified. Yes. Um, I mean, for a developmental age <laughs> to be home with your parents, with the power structure that you're actively trying to work against for two years, uh, limited access to other adults, limited access to your peers. I mean, it has been devastating to watch the kids lose their prom, their graduation, their, like all this stuff has just been like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't even imagine. Um, I was, I was reaching out to the kids and maybe I'll get back to that point when I start talking about how I got into the strange world that I'm in. Um, but I was reaching out to the kids and just trying to like check in. And just be like, are we okay? And, you know, I mean, I think at the beginning they were kind of like, yeah, this is kind of like an interesting new foray. Um, I was really excited for them to learn how to manage their time um, on an online course. Because I failed my first college online course because I had no idea how to like, I have to read that chapter without a quiz halfway through. Like, <laughs> I have to actually be on top <laughs> of myself to get this learning done. So I was really excited for them. And I think a lot of them have amazing skills now. Um, some of my friends' kids who are like five and eight were like better able to mute and unmute themselves. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be really cool in the next couple of years. What this generation now is familiar with, like this is natural for them. And then I started hearing the like self-harm coming back and, uh, you know, talk that I hadn't heard from them in a long time about purpose and meaning. And it was like, okay, you know, now we have started going into the, the traumas are starting to come up again and things are starting to get hard. And mm. how do I be there for them? Um, when I can't be there for them. So that was really struggling. And, um, I can go into then now, uh, the, the thing that when I was reaching out to them that threw me into TikTok world was one of my conversations the mom was talking about um, their child was like really concerned about going to hell mm. and saying like asking if they thought that they were a lukewarm Christian. Now in the PCUSA church, we do not, that is very evangelical language over here, like lukewarm Christian going to hell. It's not really a focus on many of our teachings. So 
I asked her like, where did you hear those phrases and how, why do you think that? And it was TikTok. Wow. Um, Hang on, hang on. Wait, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know very little about TikTok. My okay. daughter, my daughter, who is like fourteen, and she is definitely fourteen. Uh, you know, spends a lot of time scrolling through kind of funny, what I thought were like funny videos, makeup tutorials, things about candles. You know, and I, I wasn't aware that there was content on there that might warn her of hell. Yeah. So um, TikTok is, I mean, just like an Instagram, you have businesses, you have public speakers, you have celebrities, you have all these different kinds of people that are trying to get a message out or a product out or, or something. Um, I had been on TikTok for about a year before COVID hit because my kids were coming in with like these dances. And I was like, yes. what? <laughs> what is happening? So I was like, I just need to get on there. So I kind of think I was like a missionary in the land, not knowing what I was going to do with it, uh, learning the language, learning the culture. Um, and so there are, yeah, there's lots of funny things, but there's lots of really poignant um, messages. You can also, you know, poke fun at, at racism a little bit and be like, look at how silly this looks. It's a 15 second video mostly. They have upped it to three minutes videos um but not many people are doing like those longer forms because it's not as successful mm -hmm. um and there are you know any kind of public speaker that you would find maybe televangelists or online youtube you're gonna find on tiktok as well trying to reach people there as well wow okay. um tiktok is designed to figure out who you are what you like and to send you more of that stuff so if your daughter's seen candle videos and, you know, those kinds of things, that's that's probably something that she's into and, and you know, interested in and maybe doing on her own. Um, and TikTok's really good at figuring out who you are and just like the things that you like, the things you comment on, the things, the people that you follow. And it does its whole algorithm mathematics and says, how about these five people? Yeah. So some of the things that happen is a televangelist might say some lovely things about Jesus and support and, you know, you're, you know, you might like it and follow them and think, wow, this is great. And then they do a series on hell. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I trusted this person's voice. And now they're saying this thing that's kind of scary. Um, and so that you can kind of like trickle into those kinds of things. Okay. Um, you know, you can share videos. So if you have friends that are, in a more conservative place, they might be sending you like, look at how great this thing is. And you're like, mm, I don't know about that. Um, mm. So you can end up in these like other, like, we call them different sides of TikTok. Yeah. Um, and you can end up in these sort of corners of TikTok. You can navigate out of them. So when my parents come to me and they're like, my kid's on TikTok, what do I do? My advice is plan like 15 minutes a week to go to their following page. So you see only the people that they've said, I like this so much, I want to follow you. And scroll through and see what's happening, see what they like. You might find some inside jokes that you can share, um, some you know funny things that you can learn about each other. Um, and you know, maybe see like, oh, there weren't a lot of like black creators on your your page. Let's go look for um, some black creators that you can follow as well. So you can hear their stories. So you can kind of help them curate who they're following. Okay. It's not all so you, you've, you've just got into some quite deep kind of like advice. Oh, there. sorry. <laughs> this is great. No, this is good yeah. stuff. This is rich stuff. Um, yeah. And so, um, 
so that's a great that's a, a great little tip, especially. I mean, I've got two teenagers who, my, as in my own teenagers, who are on TikTok all the time and, and doing stuff. So that's a great little yeah. Um, tip. Don't blame them for things that are coming up on their for you page. That okay. is random. Their following page, though, is what they have said they like. Okay, so the for you page is very much the algorithm saying, I think this is what you will like, whereas the following pages, okay, that's a helpful distinction. As yeah. we seek to navigate together the <laughs> mysteries of TikTok, because I have yeah. literally no idea. Um, <laughs> so you find yourself, so, so, so you find yourself talking to young people who have, have been, you know, scrolling through TikTok and then uh, televangelists who might, well, equally also be asking them to sow a seed of faith in their ministry uh, are, are saying, hey, you know, great, following up my message on on the love of God, you're going to burn in hell if you do these things. Um, so what was your response to that? Yeah, I, I say that mama bear pastor kicked in and I was like, no one's telling my kids they're going to hell without me being there and saying something into the conversation as well. So I made a couple like silly 15 second videos about God loves you. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, the one that first blew up a couple weeks after I started creating content was um, me with a stole on that has the colors of the transgender pride flag, mm -hmm. literally lip syncing. I didn't even sing walking towards the camera with this sound that was going viral. That was a girl singing like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And the words on the screen were when people say, Hey pastor, do you know that those are the transgender pride flag colors? And I go, I, I know that's the point why I wear this so that I can support the members of my church that are transgender and show this is part of my call to support and, and speak to you. Um, I think now it's got like over a million views and like wow. a couple hundred thousand likes and like just crazy, lots of good conversation mm -hmm. in the comment section. Um, yeah. And I was like, wow, people really need to see this. I was shocked how many people were amazed I was a pastor and I was female still. Like I was oh, like, yeah. 2020, come on guys. But a lot of people um, are living in these theological deserts that they just don't have access to a church or people who will say that genuinely God loves them as they are. So tell, tell me about some of that response that you got then. So, uh, I mean, that's mind blown, by the way, a million. I can't even get my head around a million people. We live in a world of big numbers. So it's easy to go, oh, a million, but a million is actually a million. So, um, so you know, what were some of the different responses you got? The anonymity of the internet is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so on the curse side, you do get the, you're going to hell, you're a false prophet, read Timothy, read Leviticus, you know, you get the haters who... Oh, just because you're a woman, just because you're a woman. At that just point. because I'm a woman, yeah. First, okay. I actually have the word Timothy blocked in my comment section now <laughs> yeah. because I get it so much. Um, it's just I'm, like, I'm laughing. I'm, I'm actually sorry. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I made a video and I responded to it once and I said, if they want to find my answer, they can go and find it if they want to. Yeah, and then yeah, I just blocked the rest of them. Um, and so, yeah, I had to learn where my boundaries were. What am I blocking? Mm -hmm. What am I responding to? Am I blocking the whole person? Am I just blocking the comment? Like, what am I doing? Um, a lot of the, the comments were coming from young kids. Mm -hmm. So I had to make the decision, like, do I block them? And then maybe later in life they go, what did that pastor say that one time? Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's an evolving boundary set for sure. 
But it's also a blessing, the anonymity, because people were asking me questions that I always thought I would be asked in a church. What is a stole? What version of the Bible should I be reading, Pastor? Um, I, you know, saw this thing about colors in the church. What are the colors like mean? Like just great questions. You're like, oh my gosh, you're right. We don't really talk about that very often. Um, and my favorite is I had a youth who went through three years of middle school with me, went through confirmation, barely asked me a single question. Just one of those shy ones sits in the corner, nods their head. You know, they participated, but it was in their own way. And on one of my videos, they asked me a question. They're like, I was something about um, the church not having a good relationship with sex. And they were like, why? I was like, oh, what a good, deep, theological, like great question. Since then, I would say in the last year, this student has asked me maybe four questions on my TikTok um, page and like in person has opened up immensely. Like having wow. that little bit of anonymity behind their screen to begin that relationship of like, is it safe to ask Pastor Bethany these questions? How will she respond to what I interpret as a dumb question? Like has really opened up our relationship. And that's just one example of my in-person students, let alone the ones that I've met that are not in person. So so what's kind of, what's developed from there then? So you, you've obviously done a couple of those things. I understand TikTok's one of those things where you can you can get a million views but have 15 followers, right? But yes. So, so what's, what's sort of the long-term development? Have people started to follow you? Have you started to build a kind of TikTok account? Yeah, I have. I'm, I'm getting close to 300,000 followers. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really a community. Like I see people in my lives. I can go live and like talk to people like I'm talking to you. Like they go in the comments and um, I can be live and I see people come back and check in and say, you know, Hey pastor, my mom's doing better now. And like all this stuff. And um, one night on the live, we had someone come in that was like really in a bad mental space. Um, you know, talking like suicidal ideation. And in the comment section, people were just like, where are you? Here's a network. Here's a phone number. Wow. Here's a really trying to, to help them. The next morning I woke up cause like I'm however thousands of miles away from this person and like, you know, hurts to not be able to actually help, you know, in a way that I'm used to. And I went into their account to see, you know, is everything okay? They made a video that morning they posted, I went, okay. They made it through the night. And in the comment section of that new video was people from my live commenting and asking how they are. Did you call, wow. you know, and I was like, holy cow, this is real community. Mm. These are people caring about each other, trying to help each other support and find meet needs. And so that kind of has drove me into this world. I have now a, a ministry called Tapestry that is a digital affirming uh, ministry. I do pastoral care. We do Bible studies together. Um, and it's just kind of evolving as needs are popping up. Um, and that's like maybe 15 people is in, are in tapestry right now. Yeah. But, you know, every time I post a video about our Tuesday Bible studies, you know, a couple people go, oh, I, I might want to stop by that. Mm. Um, and it just offers people who are in those theological deserts access mm. to a pastor and to a community that are going to affirm and give them another angle on the on the gospel another reading given that the church has historically been so bad at responding to those people and churches can even even you know 
churches that, that, that would call themselves affirming cannot, can feel like they're not safe, can feel like a non-safe space for those people to process, to think through, to ask questions. Um, you know, does the internet offer like a bit of a unique opportunity to respond to those young, pe- uh, those young people and, I mean, all people? It does. Oh, there's my cat walking. Across. Yeah, I just saw your cat in the background, but this isn't a <laughs> video. Highway from that window to that window. It's fine. Um, yeah. So you know the the under eighteen piece is a bit tricky because all the child safety things that we have in place um, make it a bit tricky on, on how I can communicate with them. So I am um, actively trying to amend some of the ways that we're we're speaking because um, they reach out to me. And I say, sure, you can meet with me, but you also have to, we also have to have this other person on the call. And then they're like, well, I don't know if I trust that other person. So we're working on and how to do that. That's, I think, an evolving thing. And whoever can figure it out how to do it safely is, is going to make a lot of money. Um, but um, yeah, it is, it is difficult to hear the stories and um, not be able to connect them with a community I, I can trust. You know, I can say, oh, this church looks like maybe they've done the work. Maybe they will be, which is why kind of Tapestry came out, because there were a couple people that I was like, you, they're, you're going to have to drive four hours away to find anybody that might treat you well. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, I have the Internet. It's not maybe how I want to interact with everybody at that time. I, I wanted it to all be in person. Um, but I said, this is their only option. So I have to give them an option of how to find people who are affirming. Um, I think I've become much, which is funny, I've become much more bold in how I address things. And my epiphany star word this year is boldness. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, guess I got to keep doing that. Um, so the, the work is difficult because it's distanced, but it's also just it makes me realize how many people still need a simple message of God loves you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I guess when when I hear you talk about this, and we are, you know, this season we're we're looking at uh, innovation and what it looks like to meet some of the unique challenges of our time. You know, I I feel like maybe there's something there in terms of safe safe spaces and online spaces being a place where those who don't feel like they can walk through the doors of a church can actually ask those questions the fu- the fundamental one of which is am i am i loved am i am i g- good enough for this you know does god love me um to which we need to give a resounding yes of course yeah. but i just wonder um last question well maybe i've got two i guess one question is just what the um what what this kind of strange fame that you now have with 300,000 followers. What does that do to you? Like, is do you have to kind of keep a check on yourself that you don't get kind of completely overloaded by dopamine and never sleep? And, you know, do you start to like wonder whether they're going to start sending you free stuff through the post? <laughs> yeah, you do have to kind of be like, uh, where where am I in the world of, because there's people who have like 6 million followers, right? So like, it's still a, a, a large account, not a huge account. Um, and I recently was on a, I went down uh, to see my family and I was on an airplane and like every person who like looked at me for a little bit too long, I was like, do I have to say hi? Do I have to be nice? <laughs> and it is kind of weird. Like so many people have seen my face. Yeah. Like that's a weird, a weird thing to think about. Um, it made me realize I have to be unabashedly 
who I believe I am and who God has called me to be. So, you know, you, as you're getting ordained, you kind of have to fit into the, the hole of, you know, this is the pigeonhole of where we're going to ordain you. And now that I'm ordained and on the other side of it, I'm kind of like, I, I am called to be a pastor for a very specific reason. And I am called to serve and help people who are struggling with their identity as an LGBTQ member and the people who want to be a Christian. And so it does mean that there are some people who are going to not like what I am saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to get pushback on what I'm doing. And as long as I can find a healthy way to check back in with the spirit, um, I can like kind of keep myself, the haters keep you grounded. You know, there's people out there who don't like you. Um, but then there's so you got to focus on the people who do. And even right now, so uh, TikTok just changed their algorithm. And uh, I am actually technically losing about 100 followers every like week or so. Like I'm getting followers, but more people are unfollowing me. And it's because at the beginning of TikTok in the last few years, they had a lot of bots that were created. Okay. So they're getting rid of some of those um, those watchdog bots, which follow a lot of big creators. Um, so you do kind of have to be like, oh, I only have 297,000 followers today. Like, hold up, Bethany. <laughs> like, you are fine. Cut it out. But those numbers are really... I mean, I I have talked about online bullying with my kids so often, and I never experienced what it is to have those numbers and how important those numbers can become so quickly. Mm. And so I've kind of added into my talk with them of like, no amount of likes, no amount of followers, no amount of shares can take away any amount of worth or give you any more worth than what you have. Um, Because our, our world has such ways that you can really put a number on how popular you are. And you have to be like, no, that is not what matters. Last question, honestly. Um, would you would you suggest that this is a good space for your average youth worker to enter into? Like, should more youth ministers be getting TikTok accounts, making videos, just even for their own youth groups, their own young people? Or, or as my daughter frequently tells me, please don't do that, Dad, I'll die. <laughs> yes. So... I would first figure out where the where your kids are because that's where they're spending their five minute breaks. That's where they're popping on for their, you know, brain rest and whatever. And if you can, you know, throw in a picture or a 15 second video to help them while they're naturally on that site. So if they're on Instagram, make an Instagram account, go where they are already um, going. You know, there's a lot of people who are making like discords and Slack accounts for their youth group, and that's fine. But it is another app that they have to open. Like if they're already somewhere, just make it there. Um, TikTok is pretty good about like you can have a private account that you only give your your name to the kids that are in your youth group. So you can make it so that only they see you. That would that means that only the people who are um, commenting on your videos are the people who you know are safe. Um, cause I have to kind of monitor my, my comment section and, and erase some of the hate so that people don't get hurt by reading what someone else said to me. Um, you know, creating that, that safe space is hard when you're public, but it is really powerful to be able to get into those five minute conversations that the kids are having with the internet. Um, your words of affirmation and support can come to them in the middle of the night when they're feeling completely worthless 
and you know, you're not answering your phone in the middle of the night. They're not thinking to text you in the middle of the night and they're having suicidal ideations. They're going through TikTok or Instagram or something and your face pops up that says, I love you. And it might change everything for that night. So you're open and available 24-7 in ways um, that you can curate and, and get into their lives. Wow. That's actually very profound. Um, and I, I will have another conversation with my daughter off the back of this. See if she'll <laughs> let me at least get a private account. Um, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and for sparing yeah. time. Um, you know, wow. Well, I mean, we'll talk just to you again. Just tell her to follow Rev Bethany. Rev, and thank be like, you. Look, I am at least as cool as this person. So we're good. <laughs> I was I was going to get to how do people follow you. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're Rev Bethany on on TikTok. Rev Bethany TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Um, yeah. Great. Well, everyone should check you out. Uh, you're doing some amazing things, um, Bethany. Thank you so much for that. That's really great. find this fascinating and raises so many questions and really challenges me but interestingly for you I mean how are you hearing all this because you just made the decision to jump off social media yeah. like you're like the other end of the extreme yeah. and, it's, and, and I find that in itself equally radical so how are you engaging with this conversation if you're not even on the platform well interestingly for me I think it, there are seasons aren't there there are seasons where we're in a position where we think you know actually yeah. we could really engage and make make a silly TikTok video and it'd be a good thing, uh, as you have, but not Bethany. She's made actually good TikTok videos. <laughs> yes, um, but uh, but this isn't that kind of season for me. Now, if, you, you know, if you've been following the story of satellites for the last couple of years, you'll know that I've been on a pretty long journey with the rest of the team. But kind of I've had to bear the brunt of that just because for a long period of that, I was the only person working on it. And so I would say, like, that has been tough. Like, that has been really tough on me. And you find yourself not in the public spotlight because I'm not that grandiose or I don't have that inflated an idea of myself, but there is a small kind of public recognition of that and people message you and they comment on it and they talk about you online. Um, and I just got to the point where I realized that my joy had disappeared at the end of last year. Um, like, it, like obviously for lots of us, that's what COVID has done in, in either on the whole mm. or in, in part. And um, and I just realized that social media for me was just stealing my sense of peace and joy. And I was just spent so much time kind of worried about people, what people were saying, thinking about little spats and arguments that were going on, um, you know, and so I realized it wasn't healthy for me. And so I started off by going, do you know what, I'm going to come off Twitter because, uh, you know, I'm not the queen of Twitter, but I do like it. Uh, and uh, and so I thought, oh, I'll come off Twitter. And then I thought, do you know what, I'm rubbish at Instagram. There's really no point in keeping that going. And then I, I wondered really what value Facebook had for me. And so I just came off all of them and uh, and went completely cold turkey. The fascinating thing for me is I haven't missed them at all. Mm. The only thing I've missed is there's some convenient ways of contacting people mm -hmm. and a few people like in my very peripheral friendship vision who I've kind of stopped having connection with, which I, I regret. Mm. But actually, I've got so much more time yeah. and I've got a lot more peace. I think I'm sleeping better. Wow. Uh, I'm spending way less time on my phone. Wow. And so I'm not saying everyone should do that, but if you get to the point where you recognize that social media is stealing your joy, remember you have the power to put it down. Like, 
the the line in the social dilemma um, is uh, is fam- famously, you know, if if the service is free, then you are the product, mm. and that's what's happening. Like mm-hmm. um, social media commodifies us, and it turns us into the kind of the the product, and um, and that's not entirely healthy. And there are moments in your life where you're not. You're not in the right place for that. Yes. And I'm in one of those at the moment, not because I'm suffering a massive mental health crisis, um, although there would be nothing wrong if I was yes. um, with that, I guess, um, but uh, because I realised that actually staying on social media might tip me into yes. one. Yes, yeah. It's, t- it's taking responsibility, isn't it? I think we probably... We, we do ourselves a disservice as a Christian community if we kind of say, so therefore the thing that's right for me is right for everyone. So yeah. everyone should oh now be, you know, being amazing on TikTok or should be completely like yes. burning their, their yes. devices. It is actually saying, I, I'm, I'm getting a sense of what this journey looks like for me and I'm getting a sense where... Where, where this becomes a weakness and a vulnerability yeah, and it's yeah. not healthy. And 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 I think I when my friend went off Facebook a couple of weeks ago, my initial reaction was, huh? Why why do you think you're so good that you can come off? And I was like, oh my days, where wow. did that thought come from? Because well, yeah. we also feel that we're entitled to other people's lives and the yeah. detail of their lives, yeah, yeah. photos of them and their family. So I think it's really good because even the act of doing it will have provoked, won't it? It will have led... So just like with, with you know Reverend Bethany, what she's doing is a prophetic act that's inspiring others to do something. What you're doing is a prophetic act inspiring others to think, what could I could I do that? Could and if I couldn't switch it off, what does that say about what's going on for me? We're really excited that as well as sort of chatting about our own engagement with social media and how we tell the story of God in different spaces, that yet again, coming up is a brilliant Youthscape St. Melitus lecture, which oh, we're yes. very excited about every year. And, and this year, the theme is Translating God. It's based yeah. on some of the brilliant work that Dr. Phoebe Hill was doing. Um, and thinking about how do we tell the story of God when the landscape is shifting rapidly? What does that look like? And, we, and it's wonderful that, that we do this with the help of pragmatists and youth workers, but also academics and researchers. So we would love you to check out on our socials. It's going to be on the 7th of March, Monday evening, 6.30 to 8.30pm. It is in person. It's based at yep. St. Melitis in, in London. So many people actually love making that an event, getting up there, getting a dirty burger, getting to, the, you know, get with your mates and get there. There's some good burger bars around in Kensington, really good stuff. Um, But you can also access it online. I mean, we'd love to see you in person. That would be our first choice. But you can access it online if, like me, you live far away in Blackburn or somewhere else. So check out all this stuff on on youthscape.co.uk, translating God, and you'll find all the information there. Yeah. So uh, that's it for another edition of the Youthscape podcast. Uh, and we didn't talk about innovation very much today, but it was implied but all it, the way through. It, it was happening, wasn't it? This is this is innovative. This is what it looks like. Yeah. But uh, but thanks for joining us. Yes. And uh, and we'll see you soon.